Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Don't talk film! I'm sorry. Take it outside. The nerds choose to accept this mission, and I hope you accept this mission to listen to the greatest movie podcast on the internet, Real Nerds Podcast. I am Ryan. I am joined by Brad. I'm part of the team. I'm here. You are. You're like you're like my Benji. Nice. You know, I'm the Tom Cruise. I'm the face of it. I do all the Clearly. cool stuff. But I need the guy, you know, behind the scenes that actually makes it happen. Yeah, no no one says this uh, about you uh, enough, but you are a really good runner. <laughs> I, I really am. Uh, <laughs> I was reading this article. What fucking website was on? It was like uh, scientifically proving that the more Tom Cruise runs in movies, the more successful his films are. <laughs> and it has <laughs> a list of the movies he runs the most in, and then the ones that he doesn't run as much in. It's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, this week we saw Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, and just like every week, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. So we will recommend the film or not, play the trailer, and then spoil the movie. We also have movie news? Um, I don't know, man. The strike is really... uh... Yeah, that's what I mean. There's really nothing. So, um, I mean, we could play like one of my favorite Easter eggs ever on a DVD. And I checked. It's on YouTube. Um, Is Ben Stiller when he's uh, Tom Cruise's stunt double for Mission Impossible 2. It's great. Anywho, uh, so yeah, there's really no news. So we'll just talk about the movie and stuff we watched this week. Um, I mean, for me, the big news of the week is, you know, the new Mortal Kombat 1. They put out another new trailer, and it has three more characters in it. And one, her name's Lee May, and she hasn't been in a game since 2006. So that's pretty cool. And yeah, that's about it. Yeah, we don't need news. It's fine. Yeah, fuck it. This can be a review show and what we've been watching show. Yeah, I mean, who's going to stop us? It's just you and I. Yeah. Brad, do you recommend the latest Mission Impossible? I do. I really enjoy what they do with these movies. I'm excited about this being a two-parter, although um, the only thing I didn't like is... uh, Well, I'll get into it. There's one thing I didn't like... 
and it's not it's not so much like the movie sucks it's just like a huge bummer uh plot wise uh but yeah overall it's 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 uh i think the antagonist is cool um yeah i like having to wait wait another what year uh, the yeah. next one's coming out um to find Hopefully. out where this is going um <laughs> The action's still cool. You know, it like in stark contrast to Dial of Destiny last week where, you know, Dial of Destiny feels like it's on the volume a lot. Um, you know, this this feels very real. Uh, a lot of the action, like I actually feel tense watching it. So, um, yeah, just more great Mission Impossible. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, the movie is awesome. And I, I like that it's kind of continuing this run of really cool action films this year. Um and yeah, you, I mean, you said it, there's a lot of tension in every scene and, you know, there's, oh, we'll get into it later, but there's just like, I felt like every time, you know, they would talk about the mission and then there would be a set piece. I always felt, you know, that I was on the edge of my seat watching no matter what the set piece was. Um, so yeah, it's great filmmaking. It's, uh, Cool stunt work. It's just a fun film. Here's a trailer for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Our lives are the sum of our choices. And we cannot escape the past. Ethan, this mission of yours is gonna world is changing. Truth is vanishing. War is coming. It's been a long time, friend. You've no idea the power I represent. It knows your story and how it ends. Listen to me. The world's coming after you. His fate is written. Shall we write yours too? If anything happens to them, there's no place that I won't go to kill you. That is written. your objective what's your ultimate objective your life will always matter more to me than my own none of our lives can matter more than this mission I don't accept that Ethan Hunt, uh, 
is part of the impossible mission force. Uh, they bring back some people from the first movie, like Kitridge. Um, and it opens, uh, on a Russian submarine and they believe they're being fired upon. And, uh, no, they believe they get orders to fire upon, um, a ship. And when they do, they're told to not fire at the last second. So they shut down the torpedo, but then the torpedo comes back towards the submarine and it, uh, it, causes a catastrophic explosion on it. Yeah. And they're kind of bragging and about this. We AI, learned that so. the AI. Yeah. Um, this, the AI is in control of this submarine and not only that, but it's been able to, uh, infiltrate the higher levels of national security all over the world. And, so Ethan Hunt learns about it and he has to retrieve these two keys that form one key to get to the actual place on the submarine that the AI is in. And he learns key. that. Yeah. Um, he learns that Ilsa Faust has one half of it. And so he's sent to find her before some mercenaries do. Um, which leads to another cool, like, sandstorm scene, um, which, uh, I mean, in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, that was always, like, a really cool moment, you know? Um, and this one is a little more uh, tight and intense, where it's um, snipers and Ethan Hunt and uh, Isla fighting a bunch of mercenaries. She is killed, and uh, Ethan Hunt goes back to Washington, and where we meet Carrie Elways is, um, I can't remember his character's name, but he's uh, the head of the IMF. Counterintelligence? Or he's the director or something? Yeah. He's, and uh, he, he just learns. He's, he's, he's taken over Angela Bassett's job. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but he just learns about IMF. And, um, and quite literally has like a scene where like he want like they explain what the impossible, impossible mission forces like the audience doesn't already know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, that's a kind of a fun scene though, because, uh, you know, Elway's character is saying, wait a minute, I'm, a, I'm the director of like counterintelligence or whatever he's the director of. And I should know this. And Kit Rich says, no, you don't know it. Um, <laughs> My my guy will let us know if he collected the key. And Ethan Hunt uses a mask and he infiltrates the meeting where uh, he knocks everybody out except for Kitridge. And we learn that Isla is not dead, but um, she got away with the help of Ethan. And uh, I just want to make her seem dead so that no one would continue to you know hunt her yeah exactly uh because she if you remember from the last mission impossible she was an mi6 agent but she went rogue because um she uncovered a plot within their government and so yeah so 
that sends Ethan on the hunt for the second half of the key, um, where he goes to uh, what airport were they at? Was it in Germany? No, it was like um, it was in the Middle East. Oh, that's right. It's um, uh, what's it called? Fudge. Um. Anyways, yeah, you're right. It's someplace in the Middle East, and he uh, he recruits uh, Benji and Luther again um, to help him engineer a drop so he can get to the source where the second key is. And um, before he can do that, Haley Atwell's Grace steals the key, and he sees it, and she's just this uh, world-class thief that he kind of is forced to recruit for this mission with him. That we know of so far. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have a theory that, because you haven't mentioned that Ethan is having uh, flashbacks Mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, experience he had before he joined the IMF. And there's a lady that dies in it. And I'm a little suspicious that that lady who looks an awful lot like Haley Atwell is maybe her mother. (laughs) Hmm. I mean, I guess, the lady had to have had her really young then. Because how old is Haley? Well, I guess she's maybe like mid-30s. So it makes sense. Because Tom Cruise is... Yeah, early 30s. Yeah, Tom Cruise is like 60, so... Yeah, so that makes sense. Like you're, you might be right on that one. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> uh, Tom, uh, Ethan Hunt is also gone rogue again. And I, I love the character. Uh, I forget his name, but he's telling all his superiors and says, maybe... He saved the world a bunch of times and he's gone rogue before. Maybe there's a reason he does. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like the corny part is like, because he, he has that like, um, I don't know, like that CIA team, FBI team, whatever chasing him. And that like, you don't know why. There's like, you know, he's going rogue again. It's like, yeah, every time he goes rogue, he does something good. So <laughs> yeah, yeah Jasper And that's Briggs. kind of, I think, the, the charm of the IMF agents anyways, right? Yeah, they really sure, don't yeah. answer to anybody. Yeah. Um, but there, there's funny parts in uh, the game of cat and mouse. And I think Haley Atwell is great in this movie, by the way. Um, at the airport's really fun. Um, I like the part where the CIA guys are looking for Ethan and he's running across the roof of the airport. <laughs> you can uh, see him running while they're looking for him. Yeah, that was uh, a fun shot is uh really well done um you know and then uh like the ai's recruited um abu dhabi the... that's the airport sorry oh nice pull um what's the guy's name again who's like ethan hunt's nemesis oh um damn it gabriel gabriel correct so the AI has recruited Gabriel to help it reach its goal. And he in turn also has um, like a kick-ass henchwoman. Yeah, Paris. Paris, played by Mantis. Um, I, I don't want to mispronounce her last name, but I want to say Clementif. Yeah, sounds right to me. That's what I would say. Clementif. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's French. Uh, so they're also on the hunt for this. Um, and it leads them to Rome. 
or Venice, I'm sorry. And or it, no, it's Rome. I got that. It's Rome, yeah. Uh, which gave me flashbacks to Fast X. <laughs> I know, you know, I was thinking that too, but was what makes this movie so much cooler is they actually used real freaking cars. Yeah. Cars. There's not a giant <laughs> ball like bouncing around like CGI. It's like metal ball bouncing around everywhere. It's like real cars plowing through the streets. Cause yeah, Palm gets like the, the Hummer and just yep. annihilates bikes and everybody. Yeah. And it all feels, yeah, like the real cars. Unlike Fast yeah. X, which is known for cars, but they use CGI ones. I know. It's it's like <laughs> that's the whole thing. Cause they even use the same staircase. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it I, I don't know if it has to do with the I'm I'm sure it's probably real because uh, you know, Tom Cruise wants it to be. But also I think it shows a little more sophistication in the director. Um, to maybe the shots that are enhanced with CGI aren't noticeable. Um, where in Fast Dex, you could like the cars had no weight to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was like um, a pinball machine in that movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm guessing Tom Cruise probably really drove one of those Fiats through it, anyways. Um, but yeah, so that ends up. Uh, <laughs> uh, Grace gets away from him, but he's able to track her down. Um, yeah, it's just each set piece is awesome because um, they eventually get to like this rave party where they meet uh, the White Widow again because she wants to sell the her key, half yeah. of the key for profit. Well, she hired uh, Grace, so we find that yeah. out. Correct. To steal it. And yeah, so yeah, the rave party basically brings everyone together in a single place. So all of our characters are in this one room. Yep. And uh, then there's a tense like standoff. And then this is where the Tom Cruise running really happens. Yeah. Um, Gabriel is like a, like him being the protector of the entity. Like he has this prophetic nature where he declares like, it has been decided that tonight either Ilsa will die or, uh, Grace will die, and that launches uh, Ethan on a into running mode. But yeah, it's, but that's so he like, he runs through the streets of Venice. Um, the fight between him, Paris, and like the henchmen in that narrow alley was so fucking cool. Like yeah, brutal, um, yeah. But it just like the tight quarters and how not only Tom Cruise pulled it off, but uh, Palm Clementif did too. Is uh, well, I mean, we already knew she was pretty badass from being Mantis. Um, but she, uh, like, what I like about her is I'm not sure about her training, but her, um, her movements are so precise and so in control. I'm, she's pretty badass. Um, and there's, uh, a really important moment in this scene that's, uh, I didn't even see it was going to play out, but Ethan has the chance to kill her and he doesn't. And he lets her live. Um, and, um, Ethan's being led the wrong way though, because the entity, the AI hacks into him and pretends to be Benji. And, um, so he gets caught and Ilsa and Gabriel fight on this bridge. Um, which is also a really cool fight too. 
and yeah, they have a little um, sword fight, sword sword versus knives. Yeah, and Ilsa ends up dying. Yeah, that was maybe. the that was the big bump. Oh, you don't think she's dead? No, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> saying she probably is, but yeah, like Ethan seemed pretty bum. Um, and they were alone together, so the, not sure why she'd play it out. But I hope not. Like that was a huge bummer for me because I really like yeah. her character. She's only been in the two movies, so yeah. You know, Rebecca Ferguson's a really cool actress. Um, and yeah, she's great in this. And so that leads to Ethan recruiting Grace to be part of the MIF, and the IMF. That leads to. Yeah, um, you said MIF, MIF. Did I? I mean, yeah. <laughs> IMF. Um, that leads to the uh, the train scene, um, where Grace takes the place of the White Widow to complete the sale of the key, and we learn that Carrie Elway's character is one of the bad guys, um, who gets killed by Gabriel. And then Gabriel tries to kill Paris and leaves her for dead. Um, and it's what's cool about this scene, too, is Ethan has to get on the train. And because the trailer, you know, of his motorcycle jump, you know what's going to happen. But I still like like the anticipation of how he's going to get to the train. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think it's to be easy because they're like, oh, we're going to make these masks. We're impersonate. uh <laughs> the white widow and the other guy and yeah, the, the, the box fails and they only have one mask. So he's got to <laughs> get his own way on. And uh, yeah, uh, grace is completely reluctant to do any of this stuff. Um, Cause uh, yeah, she's just a thief. And, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the rest of the team, you know, she, she feels guilty that her, her constantly trying to escape kind of got, Ilsa killed, so she's like, okay, uh, you know, I'll, I'll help these guys out, and they, they all explain, like, hey, you know, we're all here because we ha- we all have, like, checkered pasts, mm-hmm. um, and we just, we're here because we want to do the right thing. Yeah. No matter and... what, like, like, everyone's life is worth something, and even though we don't know each other. Yeah, then the train uh, sequence, I love uh, how Ethan gets onto the train, not just the, you know, the <laughs> motorcycle jump, but he just crashes into it. Yeah, he blasts um, through the side of it. Yeah. It's just a fun little moment. Uh and when they get the train um to stop and it hangs over the edge. I mean, those are some pretty awesome little set pieces there. Yeah. Um it's like stuff I've seen before, but there's just something about it that like when I'm actually watching it, it actually makes me feel nervous that like, I know they're going to yeah. make it, but I'm still like the way it's shot just makes me feel so uncomfortable to like as each of these uh, cars just like drop, you know, and disconnect. Yeah, I agree. It reminds me a lot of uh, I don't know if you ever played Uncharted 2. Uncharted 2 opens with something very similar. Um, obviously, on the big screen, it plays a lot larger, but it has the same kind of feel where you're going from. Uh, train car to train car while stuff is falling on you and um yeah and then at the end Ethan Hunt has to get away because he switched out the key from Gabriel who and Gabriel thinks he has it and Grace tells Kittredge what Ethan told her to say 
and now she's part of the team. Um, so yeah, it's cool, man. And like, like I said earlier, everything about it just had such uh, tense and anxiety and cool action to it. And that it carried throughout the whole runtime of the film, I think is pretty impressive. Yeah. It's a little hard to review. Cause like, like across the spider verse, it's the first half of a larger story. So yeah. it's like, okay, like this movie just sets up all the pieces. So it gets like grace into the, into the IMF, you know, we lose a character, but it gives a uh, Ethan like a thing of, cause yeah, Luther has that scene where like, it looked like I need to talk to you. Cause I needed to know that we're on the same page. Cause you know, we have to outsmart this uh, AI and it's got these two probable outcomes that's guessing for you that you're going to like, I know you want to yeah. kill Gabriel, but you can't kill Gabriel because you have to leave him in order to find out like what the key goes to, we have to keep him alive. And then the, the, the entity's anticipating that you're going to kill him. So you have to not do that, even though you really want to. Yeah. And I also glossed over that Paris saves Ethan, um, for him not killing her earlier. Um, so I have a feeling maybe she'll join them as well. That'd be Um, cool. Yeah. Um, because I mean, it doesn't really end on a cliffhanger, but the film does set up the next movie, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, like the movie definitely ends. Um, it it's not like Spider Verse where it's, you know, yeah, and, and a literal never, cliffhanger. Never says to be continued, and it doesn't have any post like credit teases. Um, so it's. it's I know like, it's been perfect though to put like a little teaser trailer for the next one after it. Yeah, I always liked it when, like, you know, Back to the Future 2, I think. Did yeah, that. yeah. Um, and uh, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> Mario, Luigi, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> Wonder oh, what I believe happened. It. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just like it ends uh, for that act, but, you know, it's, it's, nothing's resolved, you know. They all, I guess they do tease a little bit, like, you know, they have this, like, drone shot towards the, the crash sub. Like, hey, yeah, they know where they have to go next. But, you know, is Tom Cruise the greatest action star of all time? I think he might be. Um, I don't know, Schwarzenegger, man. I know, but... It's maybe, tough. Maybe, maybe modern, like, best action star right now. Well... well you got Keanu Reeves. It's pretty popular. Yeah, but I think Tom Cruise is. Well, I, I mean, I don't think I know Tom Cruise is a way better actor than Keanu Reeves. Um, I don't know. There's just something about uh, Cruise's intensity in films that I think translates to why his action movies are so cool. Um, that not a lot of people can bring to the screen and i think tom cruise just wants to entertain people so he knows you know what people want to watch you saw that clip of him eating popcorn right he just loves movies oh he does he watches a movie a day uh, there's a, a really old podcast him you i don't even know if you could even listen to it anymore because uh, it was on the nerdist with um what was his name chris hardwick chris hardwick and it was for um, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. And he talks about why he loves movies. And he always watches movies because he likes to take 
what works for movies and, you know, put it into his. And he's always working on two or three movies at once um, at different stages of production. Um, it's a really cool interview. If it's still around, it's about two hours long. You should, everybody should definitely listen to it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I can't wait for the next one. I mean, just a fun movie. Yeah, I need I need to find out where this is going. Yep. Cause it's got to be more than just like he has to kill <laughs> an AI program. It's got to be something yeah, else Yeah, I'm and- sure it's setting up other stuff because like you said, there's flashbacks of how he got into um, the secret agent business. And, yeah. and I'm sure known- that's going to come into play, right? Yeah, and he's it, like Gabriel's some dude from his past. But yeah, it's interesting. Like they really, they almost don't touch on those flashbacks. You see them, but like none of the characters really mention anything about them. So hopefully yeah. part two, they're more important. I, I think they will. Cause obviously he's going to have to explain to Benji and Luther and grace. Why, who this guy is, you know, mm-hmm. cause we also don't really know who he is. Right. Yeah. He's <laughs> just, he's just some like, you know, eccentric, dude. eccentric dude. He's just like, I have to protect this program. Yeah, it's just my mission. He has a really cool voice, though. He sounds really like smooth. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I can't wait. Sweet. We watch things throughout the week. In a segment I call what we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. So, Brad, what'd you watch this week? Uh, I'm just going to talk about the one cool thing that I watched, which was, uh, so a couple months ago, uh, I saw an ad come through my feed of like, hey, the Colorado Symphony is going to play the Danny Elfman soundtrack to Batman 89. Oh, cool. At the, the Betcher Concert Hall. Um, tickets are really cheap. So I was like, hell yeah, I'll do this. Thinking that they were just going to like, you know, like popping in the CD, listen to the music, right? Yeah. Um, no, you got to watch the whole movie and they would drop out the sound for the music and then play it live. Oh, sweet. So yeah, I'm sitting there going like, I'm going to, you know, they have like this, uh, uh, screen that's like four sided, uh, dropped from the ceiling, like right above the symphony, you know, musicians. Yeah. And so it's sitting there going like, you know, they have like the Batman logo on like, Oh, cool. It's like a little advertising thing. You'll see maybe clips from the movie as it goes, but no, they just straight play the movie. Um, you know, they boost the dialogue. Some sound effects are missing because of the way the audio has to be drowned out. So you can actually hear the symphony with it. Um, so that, that was an interesting part of the watch, but um, yeah. And I remember like taking uh when I bought the seats, uh, like looking and seeing the whole row that I was in. Cause I got like the cheapest ones. Cause you know, yeah, it's not a visual show. It's an audio one, so you can sit anywhere, and, and that, you know the acoustics in that room are made to so that you know no matter where you're sitting, you're you're getting a good experience. But yeah, when I showed up, there was no one in that row, so I was nicely all by myself. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, like way in the back, but still, you know, I can watch the screen, and it was cool, just like watching. Um, you know, the audio for the movie is pretty terrible. <laughs> when it's like mixed like that, but 
you know, hearing them play it live and, um, Oh, I bet the theme would have been incredible to hear live. Yes. Hearing their version of like the March and everything. Um, it was cool. And they even like, you know, the credits has, um, like the Prince songs, right? Yeah. But for this show, they just like, they made their own medley of, you know, the, the Batman themes to go throughout the, the whole credits. Um, yeah, I was sitting there like watching, you know, are they going to play print songs like their version of them when he's like in the, the museum or the oh, art museum? Yeah. Um, and no, they just played the music from the movie for that, for that scenes like that. Um, but yeah, like the, you know, the score in the cathedral is great. You know, when the Batmobile is driving through the forest is great. Um, oh yeah. And then also watching it like in kind of a stadium setting with other people and their reactions. Cause you know, it's a mix of like 40 year olds like me. And then like, they've brought their kids to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like people laughed a lot at Nichols, Nichols's Joker, which I haven't experienced in like the Esquire midnights that I've you know been to and whatnot. So that was kind of cool. Like they got a real kick out of all his lines and his zaniness Ooh. in that role. Uh, so they yeah, just seeing, you know, people's reactions to the movie were so, so much more different than I'd seen before. So that was cool to watch. So, awesome. yeah, and um, yeah, they got other movies coming up. I think Home Alone is one of them, uh, but they got Amadeus coming up, and I think that's the one I'm going to try to see again. Um, well, don't trust uh, practice. <laughs> he killed Mozart. Noted. So yeah, I think it's a cool thing. Um, yeah, they got other movies. Uh, in the pipeline and yeah, Amadeus is one of them. I'm going to check it out. I think it's like September or something. So yeah, isn't Amadeus like three and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see how, cause they're, yeah, you know, they, in this one, they do have an intermission. So halfway through, like when the Batmobile drives up to, uh, his legs and like, mm-hmm. uh, Vicky Vale screams, like it just gets to black and then, you know, they take a break. So it'll be interesting, uh, to see how many intermissions <laughs> Amadeus gets. And I don't really remember, like, there's scenes, like, in Batman, like, the score is kind of consistent, like, over everything. Yeah. Um, Amadeus, I think there's, like, you know, it's only there when they're doing, like, actual scenes and plays and, you know, like. Yeah, like I haven't hit. seen it in a long time, but. Yeah, there's a couple parts of parties where he, like, plays a piano in front of everyone. Yeah. But, like, the only part there's. Like there's actually Mozart's music is when they're doing like plays or productions in the movie. So, and that's like few and far between. So it's like, they're going to have like a lot of downtime. I wonder what they're going to do with all that. Hmm. So I don't know, but yeah, it's cool. It's uh, you know, my, my ticket is like 20 bucks. It's like going to see a a regular movie. So yeah, definitely something I'd recommend people do. What'd you watch? Uh, so, Brad, I finally got around to watching New York Ninja. Nice. And? <laughs> so it's really like, uh, it's not a good movie, but right. it's really fun. It's really fun. Um, did you stop and start it like five times to mimic how I watched it where the reel broke <laughs> over and over again? I did not. Um, did you I watched will it straight say- through. Um, yeah, so I picked it up at the archive, which is a really cool 
vinegar syndrome uh, outlet store that we have in Colorado for some reason. And it's been a really weird part of Aurora. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the Blu-ray, I think, was $24. Yeah, And it has... There's two versions of it. And yeah, there's like a kind of a bare bones edition. And there's like a really elaborate one. And yeah, I think you got the cheaper one, obviously. Yeah, but... With this, so the elaborate one they don't have anymore because uh, is one of the limit. Like the Roadhouse you got me, you can get like a version of Roadhouse like that where it's just the movie and the special features, not the swag. Um, and this is the same thing, but for twenty six bucks, it has a feature length documentary on it, and then there's a whole second disc of uh, special features. Um, so it's it's totally worth it. Um, the how they restored the film is incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. it looks besides the eighties, obviously aesthetic. It looks like it was shot yesterday. Um, and, and <laughs> so I guess I should set up. And New York Ninja is about this guy whose wife is pregnant, and then she's killed by a guy named like Johnny Cufflinks. Yep. <laughs> um, is that the he throws rat, rat a knife tail guy? in her stomach after. Uh, he, she's told, uh, that he's, she's pregnant to her husband. And when she, the knife is in her stomach, he also, when he threw the knife, the cufflink came with it. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, is, is cufflinks the rat tail guy? No. Uh. So cufflinks is the dude in the fedora. Um, rat tail, his name is actually rat tail. And he kept on putting <laughs> his rat tail in his mouth for some reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I just kept uh, laughing, and after I, so it's not like you can't go into the movie treating it like a serious movie. Um, but if you go into it that it's just a silly, uh, lost film that someone has lovingly put together and dubbed over, I think you have a good time with it, and um, you know the whole. Uh, his where he's going, why, why? And he's like <laughs> punching like metal steel girders for some reason. I don't know. Um, but, uh, I-, I love too. He would throw, you know, ninja stars at guys. And when they would stick in them, the guys would hold the ninja stars in their neck. Yep. When <laughs> they fell over. Um, and I really didn't understand the bad guy. Like, was he supernaturally possessed? And he had to light candles so his skin wouldn't melt or something. I, I don't know. Um, Maybe. But yeah. I'm, I mean, that's the, that's the whole story is he, after his wife is killed, he turns into the New York ninja and he goes around <laughs> seeking revenge against um, these. The bad guys all wore like really strange, cheap plastic masks. And I don't know if it's because they just use the same stunt guys over and over again. Um so Probably. they wouldn't seem like they're the same. Uh, but at some point, like halfway through, he befriends a kid and, um, and he becomes a celebrity. Yeah. And he becomes a celebrity. And then for some reason, the kid is shot. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of taking him to a hospital, he takes him back to his house and he says, I always wanted a friend. Okay. I'll be your friend. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then they become like best buds, 
And there's a part where, so he is um, like a sound guy for the local news. And so they're in the park at one point and the lady is attacked by some random thugs. And then a bunch of kids dressed up like the New York Ninja come and stop the bad guys. I don't know. Um, uh, yeah, I haven't seen this in over a year. So as you oh, describe it, it's coming back to me. Yeah, uh, it's it's insane. Um, but like in a really fun way. And I thought it was funny when he got shot, he didn't take him to the hospital. He just took him to his house. <laughs> and then the next scene was him wearing like a really skimpy Speedo with them fishing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I had a lot of fun watching it. And cool. when I went to Letterboxd, your review cracked me up because it was totally spot on. Ninja, don't move! And then he would do like random flips and shit. <laughs> Everyone told him not to move, but they would never shoot him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to look that up. I don't remember what I wrote. It just says, Ninja, don't move. Ninja moves. Ninja, yeah. don't move. Ninja moves. <laughs> and that's a pretty accurate description of the final like 30 minutes of the movie. Yep. That's right. Doesn't he jump on that helicopter and like, yeah, he throws a bomb in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kept on thinking because obviously they had to do this, but the old Patton Oswald bit where he says, you know, can I just insert funny things over footage? <laughs> um, cause when he's hanging on the helicopter, they go, Hey, the ninja's on the helicopter. Did he just throw a bomb in the helicopter? And then the helicopter <laughs> explodes. <laughs> oh no, fell in my butterscotch. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, I, like, the random, all the, uh, like, bad guys in it would go, motherfucker, kick his fucking ass. <laughs> Just, always. <laughs> That's probably the most amazing part is, like, it, yeah, it, it was this movie that was shot and then abandoned. And then, yeah, Vinegar Syndrome picked it up, edited it, dubbed it. And, yeah. Yeah, so uh, you should totally get the Blu-ray. Um, the documentary on it's really cool. Um, yeah. All the other special features are really fun. Um, I think it's just cool that they found it and decided they're going to spend money to, you know, restore it and then pay real actors to, like, Linnea Quigley is the uh, the voice for the lead actress. And um, yeah, Randy, uh, the- Michael Berryman. Is yeah, the plutonium. The plutonium killer, I guess, is the bad guy. Yeah, that guy. who shoots plutonium darts into people. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's an insane movie. I can't describe it to people, but I will say, Brad, I had a lot of fun watching it. So that's good. Yeah, you know, a lot of times I'm I find these niche movies, and people are like, "What do you see in this?" <laughs> um, well, so yeah, but you, you can't. You can't go into it like I already knew. You can't go into it thinking this is going to be, you know, some awesome movie, some masterpiece, lost masterpiece. But if you go into it with the right mind frame, like Kellen loved it. He was watching it and laughing. But then I didn't know there was like a huge sex scene in the middle. (laughs) So, you know, whoops, whoops. (laughs) But, you know, the rest of it's pretty tame. Yeah, I I don't remember that scene, but I'm sure it's in there. Oh yeah, I know. It's the candle face guy when he he starts melting and he hypnotizes that one lady randomly at a Halloween party or parade. And then the next scene is them having sex in his limo. <laughs> I'm going to bu- have to bust out the DVD and watch this again cuz <laughs> Oh man. 
I yeah, it's fun. Don't remember that part. And it's uh, I think it's maybe an hour and a half. It goes by really quick. It's not a like slow moving movie. Huh, yeah, I did right. Ninja moves. Don't move, ninja. <laughs> ninja moves. Don't move, ninja. <laughs> yeah. I, I still never got why they didn't shoot him. Yeah, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, cool. that's what I watched this week. <laughs> awesome. That's 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 great. I, I like that you did that and you liked it. Yeah, that's definitely um, something like I would want to. I'm actually like on this thread of like repairing like uh, food with movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I should try to work this into that rotation. You should. Yeah, like we're doing, we're gonna do like black dynamite and then do uh like chicken and waffles as the you know the meal. Yeah. So, what am I gonna do for New York Ninja? Yeah, well, that'd be a tough one. I mean, you could go with the standard, you know, stereotypical thing like you know, lo mein or something. But because it takes place in New York, you could do hot dogs or things uh, like that. Yeah, I was gonna say like what's uh like a good eighties New York like trash food staple or something. Yeah, so like. I don't know, hot dogs from a street vendor or something. Yeah, like cart hot dogs, you know, or pretzel or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, no. I I think if you're in the right mind frame and you just want to have fun watching a silly movie, I think you should watch it. Cool. Um, Next week, we're doing the internet sensation Barbenheimer. Um, where Barbie and Oppenheimer will be our films of the week. Um, so stay tuned for that. And yeah, that's all I got right now. Yeah, we got episode Brad, six. Do you, have any, hmm? do you have any closing part, uh, words of wisdom? Uh, no, just, uh, you know, we also have episode 600 coming up pretty soon here. Yep. Which I don't know what we're going to do to celebrate that. I, I think, I feel like we've run run the gamut of all things you can do to celebrate an episode. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Yeah. We've done live shows. We've done specialty shows. We've done. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to have to think about it. We've done film explosions of year or, you know, 500s and whatnot. So yeah, I don't know. Yep. We'll have to figure it out. And then um, and, also Stitcher um, is going away, if you don't know. So if, you, if you're if you following oh, yeah. us on Stitcher, uh, maybe subscribe to us elsewhere. Uh, yeah. So you don't lose us. Please do. But yeah. That's what we got. Until next week, we'll see you at the movies. Well, a real nerd knows you shot a real nerd. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolonium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.